Welcome to Gold Coast Insider, where we bring you business insights, stories, opportunities, and forecasts from movers and shakers across the Gold Coast. I'm your host, Estelle Rodigiro. I'm CEO of Regional Development Australia Gold Coast. I'd like to welcome and introduce Janine Tax this morning. Janine is the Acting Chief Executive Officer for, the, for Study Gold Coast. Now, prior to joining Study Gold Coast, Janine led the Management Consulting Division for 10 years at KPMG right here on the Gold Coast. She's also held senior roles at H- HSBC and ABN AMRO Banks and has work- worked extensively overseas in Japan, UK, the Netherlands, India and China. Her work experience is centred mainly around strategic planning, business improvement, project management and stakeholder engagement. So it's my pleasure to say hello to Janine. Thank you, Estella, and thank you for having me on your podcast today. Oh, look, I'm I'm really interested to hear about what you're doing and what Study Gold Coast is doing in our international student market. I think it's really, really timely. Are you a Gold Coast girl? Did you grow up on the Gold Coast or have you moved here? Either way, you're more than welcome. <laughs> no, I'm actually one of those rare people who grew up on the Gold Coast. You don't find many of us these days. So I did all of my schooling here on the Gold Coast, down the southern end, uh, down at Tweed Heads and uh, at Kingscliff and Woolloomba. Um, so I did my schooling here and then I also went to university here. So I went to Bond University, which was an incredible experience. So I am a proud Gold Coast. I spent some time overseas, but when it was time to have a family, there was really no other uh, destination for me to be uh, just the lifestyle that the Gold Coast offers. Um, yeah, it, it was it was the choice for our family. Oh, that's brilliant. And while you're at Bond University, you did a Bachelor in Business, majoring in Management, and you're also minor in, in Accounting. Um, you've done a Company Director's course, but you're also undertaking a Master of um, Business Admin. Yeah, that's right. I've actually um, put that on on hold for now. Just um, the the workload's quite heavy here at work, and um, and I just want to make sure that um, you know I can focus on that entirely. But yeah, I am um, passionate about education, and I am um, you know a big believer in lifelong learning. Um, so to find myself literally in my dream role now of uh, leading an organisation that sells education so so closely aligned to my values and uh, sells education you know in the city that I love and that I'm so passionate about um, yeah I feel really really fortunate and grateful to have landed where I am today. And Janine I must acknowledge that you have been you were in 2021 the Gold Coast Woman of the Year in the education sector in recognition of outstanding leadership to the education sector and you're also a finalist in two categories in 19, in 2020 for the Gold Coast Women in Business Awards. So congratulations on both of those. And it's really good to be recognised too for the hard work that goes on. And they would have been trying years. Like we're talking years within the COVID sector. But before we get to that COVID sector, I wanted to speak to you a little bit. Let's, let's get to the bottom of the study Gold Coast. Now, it's an organisation which is membership-based. Um, and I think the, and I know that the chair is a former Queensland Premier, Bob Borbridge. Um, but how many members does your organisation have and what's the makeup of that? 
Yeah, so study Gold Coast, as you said, it's we're the peak body for education and training in our city. So we are a destination marketing agency, but we also offer a full range of support to the sector. So our funding comes from the city of Gold Coast. It comes from the state government and it comes from our members. So our member organisations are those that provide education in the city and those that support education. So we've got at the moment around 93 members. So, you know, there, of course, um, we've got the three main universities, Bond University, Griffith University, Southern Cross University, as well as TAFE Queensland. So they're our core founding members. We have another university in Torrens University. And then we have a whole range of private specialty RTOs, registered training organisations. We have the school sector, of course, so the high school sector, and we have the ELECOS sector, which is the English language sector. And then we have some associate members that all, you know, support the education sector. Through those members, um, we also connect with the student community. So our organisation is all about advocating for the sector, about growing the sector and uniting the sector. And uh, we have a strategic plan that, you know, covers four key pillars that, you know, I'm happy to go further into the detail of that, if you like. So not not at the moment. Okay. (laughs) So most people on the Gold Coast have heard or know of Study Gold Coast, but what do you do? And this is where I guess you can unpack it, but what, to everyone listening, what does Study Gold Coast do? So education is a key pillar of our economy. So the Gold Coast has traditionally been known, you know, for its theme parks and Mm. for tourism and for hospitality. But, you know, if we just rely on those sectors, it really puts us at risk and it doesn't make us, you know, the dynamic city that we're wanting to grow up to be. So education is one of those key pillars that offers beautiful diversification to our economy. And so we're funded by local and state government and by our members to really um, grow the sector and put our destination on the map as a world-class education destination. Because that has an enormous value, doesn't it, to the to the Gold Coast. So can you talk to the, the economic value that that brings? We'll, we'll talk about the workforce issue later, but what about the economic value to the Gold Coast? Is there a dollar value for that? Yeah, well, interestingly, I've just um, yesterday been speaking to the economists at the city of Gold Coast because they're um, supporting us in updating our data. So um, if I had been speaking to you um, a couple of weeks ago, I would have been saying the value of the sector was $2.2 billion per annum. But um, the city economists uh, tell me that the updated data is more like $3.2 billion per annum. So that's the value of the sector, and it employs approximately 32,000 people. Oh, you're joking. So you're saying that we have 32,000 students on the Gold Coast? No. um, Well, actually, so in our city, in terms of the workforce, so the number of people who work in education, so that's our school sector as well as our universities, et cetera, is around 32,000 people. Wow. But we have more than um, 250,000 students on the Gold Coast. That's crazy. Yes. So almost one third of our population are engaged in study in some form. So, you know, that's right through from, um, you know, young, you know, preschool age children going to childcare, 
um, primary school, high school, TAFE colleges, university, but one, um, yeah, one third of the population is engaged in some form of education. That's amazing. That's a yeah, that's right. Really interesting statistic. So if we can go back, I want to get a bit of history around this. So the impact that COVID had on the Gold Coast affected all aspects of businesses and industries, and none more so, I guess, in our international student enrolments. How has Study Gold Coast, how has that recovered? How what are we looking at now as as we you know post-COVID? Yeah, that's right, Estella. That was it was a difficult time for us at Study Gold Coast. And um you alluded to before, you know, the difficult times, you know, when the borders closed and students weren't you know, offered any government support and they lost their jobs and many of them weren't able to return home. There were no flights and borders were closed. We put in a massive effort to support the students that were here. So um, together with a couple of partners, we um, packed and delivered over 37,000 grocery packs and frozen meals to the international student community from seven, seven different hubs on the Gold Coast. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah. So yeah. from our small team here. So looking after them during COVID was a key priority for us. Mm-hmm. And now that we're through that phase, we're really pleased to see the numbers bouncing back. So, you know, pre-COVID uh, at our peak, we had around 32,000 international students. Mm-hmm. And we anticipate that by the end of this year, we'll have um, matched that number if not surpassed that number. So that means by the end of this year, we'll have well and truly recovered from uh, the devastation of COVID. That's 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 amazing. The Gold Coast has become one of the most popular education destinations in the in the world. Um, but what countries, what countries are our international students coming arriving from? Are they still coming from the same cohort that we had? Or have, have you seen that actually change after COVID? It has changed and we are a unique destination. So, um, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, they tend to attract a, tim- a similar kind of cohort. But on the Gold Coast, we do attract a different sort of um, student. So, why, why, number- is that? why is that, Janine? Well, we're a regional destination. Yeah. So students choose us for different reasons than they, than they choose the capital cities. Um, so, for example, uh, weather, lifestyle, okay. um, the community environment. Our number one cohort um, is actually Brazil. What? So, Brazil. So, you might have picked that up. Um, you know, your local barista is likely yeah. to be Brazilian, no doubt. So, the Brazilians love us for, as I say, our lifestyle, the fact that we're so safe, yeah. um, as well as um, the fact that they can access part time jobs here really easily. And a lot of them come to study English. And then they transfer onto vet courses or onto higher ed. Okay. Yeah. But Brazil's always been strong for us. And now our number two market is now India. So um, it's now the most um, populated country in the world, India, and um, a growing youth. So unlike China, who have an aging population, India have a growing youth. So that's our second largest source market. They love us for our quality education and our employability outcomes. Mm-hmm. And quite often Indian students are looking for a migration pathway as well. Yeah. And then number three is China. So it was number two. Oh, okay. So it's, it's still up there. It's still up high. That's right. But it's slipped into the third spot now. 
Um, but we expect those numbers to grow um, towards the end of the year. So it, it'll be um, a, a close race between India and China for that second place. And then number four is Colombia. So again, the Latin Americans really love our destination for the lifestyle and the climate um, and the beach. Um, and, and they seek adventure. You know, and Australia is known as an adventurous destination. Um, so often they'll they'll come to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and then once they're in Australia, they'll hear about the Gold Coast and they'll transfer their studies to the Gold Coast. So many of our students are also um, secured from onshore as opposed to offshore. So they're already here in Australia. And then the fifth spot is Japan. Oh. So Japan and the Gold Coast have long had a close relationship. They've got good awareness of our destination. Mm. Um, they like to come here to holiday, but they're increasingly aware that this is a great education uh, destination as well. So that's number five. And then, um, you know, all the other countries that you'd imagine, Philippines is growing strongly, so is Vietnam, Thailand's in there as well. So um, we've got great diversity in our city mm. when it comes to mm. attracting international students. So. Um, this I don't know if you know the answer to this. I, I assume you, I think you probably would. But what would be that? What what is the other country that is vying at the similar level to the to Australia for international students? So our biggest competitors are Canada, um, the US, and the UK. Mm. Yeah. So the UK and the US are slightly. Um, losing popularity because of uh, political issues yeah. in those countries. Um, Canada obviously doesn't have the favourable weather, but they have quite favourable um, work rights and migration mm. pathways. Mm. And then, of course, Ireland is another one as well. They don't have the weather, mm. but um, they have very favourable visa processing arrangements that make it uh, easy for international students to enter. So they're mm. our key competitors um, but, you know, there is certainly a lot of pent-up demand for our destination. You know, we're seeing it through the numbers and our, our education providers are giving us that feedback as well. Wow. So the Gold Coast, like most areas of Australia, are suffering with workforce shortages, with Queensland having the lowest unemployment rate for 14 years. But um, there is a perception that international students um, are taking local students' work or jobs what do you see this as? Well, this is actually one of my favourite topics, Estella. Oh, well. <laughs> so, I'll just sit back and relax and listen now. No, I just, um, I love busting these myths mm. around the challenge for hiring international students. You know, I guess firstly it's important to say we want genuine students coming to our city, coming for the right reasons. So choosing our destination for primarily study because that's the visa they've applied for and we want them to be a genuine student and we want them to succeed in their studies. So a work cap is entirely appropriate. So you might have known during COVID um, there was unlimited work hours for international students and now from the 1st of July there's going to be a work cap of 48 hours per fortnight, which we believe is a really fair government policy. It allows students to focus on their studies but also um, earn their pocket money as well. So, you know, we hear this from employers, you know, quite often, you know, it's it's a too hard to hire an international student, but, you know, they're concerned, well, there's plenty of Aussies that, you know, are looking for jobs as well. But what I'd like to say is 
just put them all in the same talent pool together. You know, by excluding international students, you really are cutting down your talent pool. So, you know, be open. You know, when you see applications from people who have a different nationality, maybe their their name is not familiar to you, you can't pronounce their name, or uh, you're unsure about, you know, what nationality or or what kind of um you know, background they have, I would say push that out of your mind and add them to the talent pool that you're selecting from. And and any concerns around, oh, you know, but then I'll I'll hire them and then they'll just want to go home yeah. afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of them are open to taking up their uh, employability rights after their studies. So after they're on a student visa and they graduate, they can go on to a post-study work visa. And there's Yes. So, but how long? So, I think the perception was, you know, they'll be around for twelve months and they'll leave. But that's really not the case, is it? We're talking. No. We're talking about university students. We're talking about you know four year courses potentially. Yeah, that's right. So, um, students who study a bachelor degree yeah. can access four years post study work rights. So they graduate, um, they can stay here for another four years. For a master's degree, it's five years. For a doctoral degree, it's six years, but also because we're a regional destination, they get an extra bonus year. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So that means that students studying a bachelor degree, they not only get their four years, they can access an additional fifth year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to be able to hire an international student knowing that they have access to five years post-study work rights on a bachelor degree um, you know, why would you exclude them from the the talent pool versus, you know, an Australian student? Because really, these days, you're lucky to hang on to an Australian student for five years as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd really encourage employers to, you know, open their minds to in- interviewing and considering international students. Okay, so I'm a business and I'm listening to this and I go, wow, that's probably a, that's probably a really good job. Uh, yeah, alternative or an additive to my company. How do I engage? How do I? What What do I do to start the process? Yeah, well, so um, you've got a pool of um, applicants, and then you're obviously shortlisting your applicants, and you're interviewing a few of them. The first thing to do is ask their visa status. Really, that should be on their resume anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're either going to be on a 500 visa, which is a student visa, which mm-hmm. means they can work that 48 hours a fortnight. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to be on a 485 visa, which is this post-study work right visa. So that means they can either work, you know, the anywhere between four and seven years, depending on their degree level um, and, you know, being being a regional location. So that should be on their CV. If it's not, there's a government portal you can go onto and do a search for their details. Or you can just ask them. So it's called IMI. So awesome. it's the Department of Home Affairs website and it's called IMI. And you just ask their visa status. So they can provide that to you or you can search yourself. But, um, yeah, that's fantastic. But um, study Gold Coast, you have a pool, don't you, of students that they can choose from. Is is that part of your remit? That's right. So one of our key pillars is employability and we have a jobs platform. So the jobs platform currently has more than 2,000 jobs on there. Uh, and we review and approve each job as being suitable for a student or graduate. So employers are able to advertise on there, but also students upload their CVs on there. So it's called Air CV. So you can search for talent in the Gold Coast region 
And um, what I'll do, Janine, is um, I'll make sure that we put that link for everybody at the end of the um, of the podcast as well, so that if you are a business and you are interested in 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 what in in speaking or looking at that talent pool or putting jobs up, that they can um, go through that um, website. That's great. Yeah. And so once they've checked the visa status and you know how many hours they're able to work, either that 48 hours or or just full time, then literally there's no other paperwork to be done. There's no sponsoring of visa. There's nothing, nothing like that. You just onboard them as as a normal employee, as if they're an Australian employee. And then I'd encourage employers to have open discussions mm-hmm. with their employee, you know, as you should anyway, around their career plans, because then you're in the know as to whether they're looking for a migration pathway, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you're likely to be able to retain this talent beyond the time frame of their post-study work visa. So we're looking at um, the uh, the international student accommodation. Well, we're looking at accommodation and it's well known that, you know, um, rental premises are, are near impossible to find. If you do find them, they're very expensive. How do What's happening with the international students as far as that accommodation piece is concerned? Because I think that that was an impact originally into getting international students here. Am I correct in the first place? That's right. I think, you know, we tr- we do a lot of work around um, pre-departure uh, information mm-hmm. for students because pre-COVID, you know, students um, could really just launch themselves anywhere in the world and get some, you know, temporary backpacker accommodation, for example, and then find somewhere more long long term. But what we're needing to advise students now is you need to secure accommodation before you arrive. You know, gone are the days mm. where you could turn up and find short-term affordable accommodation mm. because we know the hotel sector is expensive as well. Mm. So I think that pre-departure piece is really important. And, you know, the Gold Coast is not alone. There's an accommodation shortage, not just all over Australia, mm. but all over the world at the moment. Mm. So, um, you know, we've got a student hub here in Southport that's ready to help students. Um, but the truth of the matter is that there is still accommodation, but it's not um, so readily available, you know, along the coastline in close proximity to all of the education institutions. Students are having, are having to, you know, sort of go more west uh, towards the M1, sort of Coomera, Pimpama, you know, uh, those sort of areas to to find that sort of accommodation. Mm. We um, We... Uh, we're focusing on a few different things to try and alleviate it. So in the short term, we're really promoting the homestay option. So we know it doesn't suit everyone, but it really is a beautiful option for students who are new to the city to help them integrate into the community. We've got a campaign at the moment called Host for the Coast and um, with the support of the council, um, you know, the mayor sent a letter to over 50,000 households on the Gold Coast saying, um, you know, Let's support our international student community. And if you've got a spare room, can you open your home? So that's been um, a wonderful campaign for us. There's other options. For example, there's a um, a platform called the Room Exchange. So if you're not able to take on a traditional homestay arrangement that might include, um, you know, food, for example, or transport, if you just want to rent a room but want some support with a vetting process, there is a platform called the Room Exchange and we have a new partnership with them. 
Um, and that's where um, they provide some um, vetting and some matching to help you rent out your room. Um, so they're options. And then we've also had some great um, traction with some purpose-built student accommodation projects. So there's one down the southern end that's just been approved um, close to Southern Cross University and Bonn University have um, uh, development in council for approval. And then Griffith University are also very close to securing a deal for additional purpose-built student accommodation there. So those additional beds will certainly help alleviate the challenges, but, you know, they're, they're still a couple of years away, those beds. Wow. So, yeah, I've heard of Host for the Coast. Um, so Host for the Coast, if I was someone who had a room spare, what's the advantages of having a student? Uh, I think it's tax-free dollars. Um, what, what's all the um, advantages? Well, interestingly, a lot of the people who've um, registered their interest for that campaign are older people. So they might be empty nesters um, and they, um, you know, they don't necessarily want to go to flatmates.com because they feel a little bit um, unsure about, you know, that kind of process. But to be able to um, be matched with a vetted student um, and to have this um, third party um, support the process. So no money changes hands between the student and the householder. That's all done with the third party. Um, their house is inspected and reviewed to make sure it's suitable and safe for a student. So, um, you know, whether that's a pool certificate, pool safety certificate, uh, check insurances, um, check that there's uh, smoke alarms, a blue card if necessary. So it's a safe environment and it's a vetted student. No money changes hands and there's some house rules set and they can choose whether it's under 18 or over 18. They can choose whether they provide food or not or transport or not. So I think it's holding their hand through the process. It really de-risks it on both sides. It makes both parties feel really comfortable. There is a little bit of um, paperwork involved uh, to make sure that the process is safe on both sides, And I, but I think that's part of the value yeah. that's being added, but it really provides that, um, that comfort to the homeowner that it's going to be a successful placement of that student. That's ex excellent. I've had a Japanese student and it was brilliant. Like, you know, the the like you still talk to them years later, you still engage with them even though they've gone back home. And it's, right. it's a really good opportunity, isn't it? And and I've just had a student in my home as well, a Japanese student. So um, you know, I've got two daughters and one of my daughters was happy to give up her bedroom and sleep in the study <laughs> to have a short-term Japanese student, um, uh, school-age student come and stay with us. And yeah, you're right. It really is a wonderful experience for the family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for my daughters, just opens their eyes up to the world, really. Yeah. So yeah. what do you see, I'm going to ask you, what do you see as the challenges moving forward for Study Gold Coast or for international students and that environment? Okay, well, accommodation is obviously the key one um, and, and we're hoping that our short and long-term strategies to support that, you know, go some way into alleviating that issue. Um, I think flight accessibility and affordability is another one. So Australia is far away from the rest, rest of the world, which is part of our charm. But, you know, we work very closely with um, the city of Gold Coast as well as um, the Gold Coast Airport as well as Destination Gold Coast to make sure that we're 
all on the same page around the opportunities for the city and the challenges and we're working together. So, for example, the Gold Coast Airport are constantly looking for new airline routes. So, we're connecting with them around student data so that they can talk to the airlines about demand and supply now and going forward. Um, So airline affordability and accessibility. I think, you know, more so than challenges, I like to think around opportunities. So what else can we do to enhance the student experience on the Gold Coast? Because we all know the best way to sell something (laughs) is by word of mouth. So there's nothing better than a, a student who has had their life transformed by choosing the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. They come here, they get quality education, they have a first-class experience, they launch their career on the Gold Coast and Mm -hmm. they're forever after champions of our city. Mm -hmm. So what more can we do with our friends at Destination Gold Coast, with our friends uh, in the arts, with our friends running events in this city to make sure that students are connected to all of those experiences and those experiences are accessible to students and that we do all that beautiful, rich storytelling mm-hmm. uh, about the student journey that we can then capture and then push out to all of those future students around the world who are wondering about what their de- destination might be for study. Mm. Yeah. And that brings me to the point of um, Experience Gold Coast. Yes, that's right. Yes. So from September 1, we're going to be merging into a super entity, combining arts, education, tourism, and events. So, you know, we work very closely within this city um, with all of those groups, but bringing us together will really provide a platform to enhance the collaboration, mm-hmm. to, you know, have, a, have an efficient shared corporate services in the back end so that we can focus on the great work of amplifying everything that this city has to offer for the visitor economy. So that's tourists, that's, um, you know, domestic visitors, offshore visitors, that's mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what more can we do uh, coming together as a whole? It's really quite an exciting time for the Study Gold Coast team because, you know, we we started um, all those years ago um, and then we've been in, in delivery mode. So this next you know, iteration, this next phase for Study Gold Coast, joining forces with our colleagues in those other industries. Um, it's, you know, the team are really excited about, you know, what that's going to bring to our student community. And you're right. I mean, you you mentioned just earlier that at, with students, it's about the holistic experience, isn't it? They come to the Gold Coast because of, of the Gold Coast. So by by all these all these aspects are included in that experience. You know, not just a standalone, can I get a job and a good education here? It's absolutely everything. So they're, they're going to be the, the future sellers of the Gold Coast, of the Gold Coast story moving forward, aren't they? That's right. And, you know, international education really contributes in a big way to the tourism sector because yeah. the students that come here, they have graduation ceremonies you know, and then all of their family and friends come to visit. And then their parents say, wow, look at this place. Let's buy a holiday apartment here, you know. And then before you know it, they've met someone, they've met a local (laughs) and they partner up here and they set up their life here. So, you know, international students are really, you know, a key piece of the pie when it comes to determining how do we grow the visitor economy. Yeah. 
That's they're good. long stay visitors yeah. and they contribute in a big way to the economy in terms of their spend. Yeah. But I get, you know, not just that, it's, you know, the the cultural diversity yeah, that yeah. they bring to the city. So, you know, almost one third of our population were born overseas here on the Gold Coast. You can walk around the streets here and see faces from all over the world. Yeah. Um, and we need to embrace that if we're going to continue to grow and thrive. So it's been really interesting speaking with you. This is such an exciting time and they bring such an amazing wealth of not only, you know, tourism and, and experience and workforce. Um, it's it's great. Um, I'm going to ask you, um, what is it, personally, tell me, what is it about the Gold Coast that makes you want to stay here, raise your family here? You, you came back to raise your family here. What is it about the Gold Coast that brought you back here? And what is it that you're passionate about? Yeah, that's right. I um, I was overseas and it was time to start a family. And really, this was the only place I wanted to be on the Gold Coast. I'm a lover of the ocean. So I do surf lifesaving on the weekends with the family, with the whole family. So that's a part of our lifestyle. Um, I really honestly feel that if you can find a job that you love here, there's no other place that offers a better lifestyle. Mm. In 2017, my family and I did a trip around Australia in the caravan. And at that point, we were very open to uh, sort of the way of thinking whereby, you know, if we found somewhere we liked better than the Gold Coast, Mm. then we'd consider moving. Um, and there were other destinations that were beautiful um, and we felt offered a good lifestyle. But I guess what kept us here yeah. was the community. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We I, felt like imagine starting again in yeah. our 40s yeah. at ground zero and not knowing anyone and having to build up that community. So it's the destination, it's the lifestyle, it's the beautiful environment, but at the end of the day it's the people and it's the community of the village of people around us that, that keeps us here. And I were only saying before we started, you know, um, you, you know so many people. We know so many people on the Gold Coast, but most of them are, are now friends. But the Gold Coast is small enough to to not get lost, to have that community, to have that self of that that presence of 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 having those people around you. It's just amazing here. We're here, but we're still we're still small enough to to have that really good community atmosphere. That's right, and that's what our students tell us as well. So they say you've got all the benefits of a big city. But it's not intimidating like a big city. Mm. If you if you're ambitious, you can make your mark in this city without yeah. feeling overwhelmed or drowned out by the volume. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. All right, well, it's been lovely talking to you. And one of the big takeaways is going on a caravan with two little girls. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Uh, utmost respect for you now. Okay. So there you go. But it's been wonderful talk speaking with you and keep up the really good work. I mean, I think that, you know, I've spoken to you a couple of times now and you presented um and what's happening um in Study Gold Coast and, and how you're developing our our um our Gold Coast within international marketplace with your trade missions, which are really paying off. I mean, it's just amazing how that um, that that really does have an impact and a positive impact on our city. So thank you so much, Janine. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks, Estella. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. For a complete list of podcast episodes and transcripts, go to rdagoldcoast.com 
www.ac.org.au slash podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter.